Hello. Good morning. Welcome. I'm back. Yeah, here we are. You guys are in for a special treat this morning because I am the one that uh, gets to do this part of the service as well. And I'm super excited to, to have this opportunity to be here and uh, to share some things that God has been doing in my heart and in my life lately. And, uh, and so if, you, if you've got your, your Bible with you, maybe you do, maybe you don't, doesn't really matter. But if you do and you want to turn there, we're going to go to Ephesians 4 this morning. And uh, that's where we're going to be at. And uh, yeah, my name is Jason. Probably should have said that a little bit earlier, but my name is Jason, and uh, I'm the worship pastor here at Monmouth Christian, and uh, man, I've been here for almost uh, two years, I think. Yeah, almost two years. Uh, it's really flown by. It's gone really fast, and it's been really, really great. I've really loved it, uh, getting to know everybody, meeting everyone, and uh, I can't really say I'm the new guy anymore, right? It doesn't really work. Because I've been here for two years, so that doesn't really work. Um, another thing that I wanted to let you know of this morning as we keep going is that um, I know that it's hard to understand this. I know that it's hard to, to, to grasp this. Uh, at least it was for me. But uh, worship pastors, worship leaders, they do have a sense of humor, and they do laugh, Okay. <laughs> Uh, and so this morning, I'm going to joke, and I give you permission to laugh when I do so, because I can't tell you how many times I've got up to preach, and people just think like, oh, he's that guy with the guitar that's like serious all the time. You know, he's just always like uh, deep in worship, and you just, you know, you can't even get, you can't even walk towards him. There's like a force field of holy that's just like, ah, ow, I can't, I can't touch him. Uh, that, that's not me, and that doesn't exist. So uh, I'm here to tell you I'm a, I'm a normal guy, just like everybody else here, normal person, and uh, I am going to attempt to joke around. And so feel free to laugh. I'm not serious all the time. Okay, is that okay with you guys? Are we cool? Everybody online? Good? Okay, great. Great. Well, a little bit about me. I don't know. Some of you might know this. Some of you uh, might not. But I have a family. I'm married to a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful woman uh, named Renee. And uh, that's my wife. That's my girl, my girlfriend. Uh, and, uh, and we have three children. And uh, our oldest is 13. That would be Cadence. And some of you may, may know her. She's uh, usually kind of bopping around here somewhere doing something. She just turned 13 uh, in July. And, uh, you know, people talk about having teenagers, you know, they're like, oh, you know, kids are great, but just wait till they have a teenager. And I was always like, it's fine, it's not that bad. But it, it literally felt like a, a, a switch flipped <laughs> in July. And I'm just going to leave it at that because you might be watching right now. So, uh, love you, honey. Uh, that's Cadence, and then we have my son, Clayton, who just turned 11, and he is uh, just just a, a ball of fun and energy, as you might think. And then uh, our youngest is Claire, and uh, she she's five. She turned five. So 
I know what you're thinking. What were we thinking? <laughs> right? Uh, but no, uh, Claire is like such a blessing to us, and uh, she really does keep us feeling young or feeling old, however you want to look at that. Uh, she has a lot of energy. It's super fun and super cute. And, and it's kind of crazy because I'm, I'm going through that stage in my life where you know, I know that Claire is our last child, right? And so I'm getting all like, you know, sentimental about it. Uh, because it's going to be the last time that we have a five-year-old in the house, uh, you know, besides grandkids or whatever, but of our own children. Like, it, so this is the, these are all the moments that, like, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to get past, uh, you know, any of the frustrations or anything like that that parents can have, because everybody knows that if, if you're a parent, you understand. It, there's, it could be hard sometimes. Be trying. And just realize, like, man, this is it. Like, I, I better take advantage of this and really soak this all in. Uh, you know? I don't know. It's just, it's, it's funny. It's, it's a weird thing for me right now because uh, I'm, I'm usually just cold-hearted, you know, just really cold-hearted guy and don't have a lot of feelings. And so it's really strange for me. So anyways, anyways. And then we have, we have a daughter. Uh, I shared this the last time I spoke, which was last year, I think, when we were out, out on the lawn. Um, we, we have a daughter that, that passed away, uh, in 2018. And so, um, Sophia was her name and, and, uh, she was our adopted daughter. And there's a, there's a long story there and, um, a lot that our family has been through and, 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 uh, and is still working through. Uh, but that's a part of our story as a family. It's a part of my story as a, as a person, as a Christ follower and as a pastor as well. And uh, we, we don't mind talking about it. And so if you ever have questions or, or want to, you know, want to know about it, um, feel free to come up and ask. A lot of people think like, oh, wow, that sounds really terrible and tragic. I don't want to bring it up. And um, for us, you know, it's different for everybody. I, I realize that and understand that. But for us, uh, we, we don't mind talking about it and talking about it because we, we really love, love her. And uh, she affected our family deeply, you know, so... Anyways, so that is me. Uh, like I said, I'm really, really glad to be here and uh, look at Ephesians. And either fortunately or unfortunately for you guys, uh, Sean, our, our wonderful pastor, he gave me the freedom to choose whatever I wanted for this sermon. So I chose Ephesians and, uh, you know, this could be the last time that I'm up here. I don't know. <laughs> you know, every day is a new day, and things happen, and, you know, who knows? Who knows? Uh, and so I'm going to give this the best, the best that I can do here. And so let's open up to Ephesians 4, and I'm going to read some verses, uh, starting with the first verse. We're going to basically read uh, Ephesians 4, uh, 1 through 10, and... The, the heading on this, not that I give a lot of credence to, to headings, but the heading in my Bible is unity and maturity in the body of Christ. It says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Now, I'm going to stop there for just a second because... I mean, honestly, I could just stop there and we could just camp out for 
for a good, a good while on that. Like, just think about the world today that we're living in. Now, I know I sound like an old person when I say that, okay? I am an old person, all right? Uh, backstage, Maddie, Maddie helped me get the music stand. She was like, here you go. And I was like, thanks for helping Grandpa. I appreciate it. Uh, I, I'm turning 40 this year, right? Um, I know, right? Everybody's like, whoa, that guy's old. Yeah, I am. I'm pretty old. Uh, and I, I find myself saying things, I find myself saying things that my, my, uh, my dad would say when he was getting to be this age, okay? And, uh, and I don't like it. I don't like saying things that my dad said, you know, like that realization, like what well, I'm turning into my dad kind of like. I don't think, I don't know, I don't love it, uh, but it's happening, and there's not really anything I can do about it, and so one of those things is, you know, this sort of, these days we're living in, you know, you hear people say that all the time, right? Well, it's true, and it was, it was true 50 years ago, it was true 100 years ago. Uh, this world is a crazy place, right? There's so much going on, you know, and that verse there says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Now, I'm thinking about how most people perceive Christians today. Do you think that that is how they perceive Christians today? Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient bearing with one another in love. Oof. It hurts a little bit. Right? Man, just let that sink in for a second. Now, I'm not, I, I'm not trying to like, make you feel bad this morning and be like, ooh, you were terrible. But I think it's really good to look at, to look at our reflection sometimes, right? And to see what's going on in the mirror. And to address things that we see, you know? And not just walk away and be like, oh, this is just the way it is now, right? Make every effort, this is verse 3, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord one faith, and my Kindle fell asleep. This is, a, this, is, this is the reason not to use a Kindle when you're preaching. Just so you know. One, where was I? One faith, one baptism, and one God and Father of all, who lives, or who is over all, and through all, and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. Verse 9, what does he ascended mean? Except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions. Right? Now, the reason that I wanted to read all these verses, because they all are really good, but also... Paul is, is setting something up for us in the scripture. He's, he's, about to, he's about to get to some real practical stuff. You look in Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, the first 
part of it is is very uh, theological and, and, and philosophical. Philosophical? I don't know. That's not a word. Uh, philosophic. That's it. Thank you. Uh, it's it's these ideas of 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 God and and these big ideas, right? And then the the second half of Ephesians is all about practical, like how do we do this? Like how do we put this into practice? What does this actually look like for us to live this out? These these big ideas of of theology and philosophy and, and life. What does this mean for us to, to, to really be affected by Christ and to really be changed by him? And so that's where we're at. We're in the practical zone here of Ephesians where Paul is giving us these words that we can understand, that we can look at and understand and go, oh, okay, through the bond of peace. I mean, that's pretty descriptive, right? Right? I mean, you, even if you don't really know what that means, you kind of know what it means. We know what a bond is, right? And we know what peace is. Everybody's got an, an idea of peace, right? The bond of peace. It's just really important for us to understand that Christ was lowered, right? He, he came down to earth. This is our example, this is our practical example of how we're to live our lives according to the gospel, according to Jesus Christ, right? It's, it's a practical way that we can look and see, oh, okay, Jesus came to the earth. He humbled himself, right? He was patient with us. And if, if you can't quite visualize that, like, just think about being... Um, I mean, a lot of us already feel like we're God, so some of us, you know, we're, we're there already to feel like, you know, we're God. But think about actually being God and being around people that, uh, that aren't God, right? How patient Jesus was, you know, to not just be like, no, you idiot. It's this way, not that way. Why did you cut his ear off? You are dumb. You know, when, when uh, uh, what's his name, cut his ear off <laughs> in, the, in the garden, right, in the Gospels, Jesus is being arrested, and I think it was Peter, uh, and draws a sword, cuts off the guard's ear, like, don't, don't take him, and Jesus heals that fellow. He, he gives the ear back, and he is gracious and kind. He's not like, wow, dummy, look what I got to do now because you are dumb, you know? That's not how it goes. He's very patient with us uh, and continues to, to, be, to be patient. The other thing that I, I wanted to, to highlight, one of the other things that I wanted to highlight before we, we skip down a little bit, is that if you look at what Paul's saying here, uh, he's talking about one God and Father of all, who's over all and through all and in all. You think about what we believe, we you know, we talked to, or I, 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 we didn't talk about it, but it was on the video that we play where it talks about the, the creed, right? We believe in God the Father. All these things, and we believe in Jesus, his son, believe in the spirit, right? It's called the Trinity, right? That's, that's what we've kind of, the name that we've kind of given it is the Trinity. The Father, God, 
the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And you think about that those three things, they are God. Those, those different parts are God, right? All working together, but they're the same. But it, it's something that's really hard for us to understand. You know, some people are like, think of an egg. An egg has a shell. It has a yolk. It has, you know. Uh, but it's just, it's hard for us to understand as, as humans. And you know what? I, I feel like I can try to understand it, but I probably just won't fully grasp it until I'm face-to-face with God. And with the things that, that I've been through in my life, I realize that that's going to be the way it is for a couple things in my life, right? I'm just not going to understand until I'm face-to-face with God. And I don't have to be happy about that, but I should probably just be okay with it, you know? You should probably just be like, you know, I'm just not going to know, but I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust, and that's the important thing, is to trust. But the Trinity, even though it's, it's hard for us to understand, what is, is not hard for me to understand is that God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they've been working together forever, right? If you look in Genesis, it says, let us make man in our image, right? So that is basically pointing us towards, okay, well, let us. What does that mean? It probably means that God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit were there working together. Now, I, I, I don't know, like, Greek mythology that well, right? I know the basics, Zeus and lightning and well that's all I know really uh, but but those guys fight a lot in those stories right all the gods they fight all the time they're constantly fighting that's basically like the whole point of Greek mythology is like these gods on high have been fighting forever and and they're going to keep fighting, and nobody's getting along, and we have to suffer because of it, right? That's, that's kind of the Greek mythology thing. Well, here's an example of really powerful beings together, working together as one. And again, I, I'm, I'm trying to tread carefully here because the Trinity, like I said, is, is something that's very hard to grasp and understand, and so I don't want to say anything that's going to set anybody off theologically. But just try to hone in on this one thing that I'm saying here, which is that they work together, they function together, they are together, they are one person, and they don't fight. They don't, you know, it's clear in the Gospels that, they're, that Jesus talks to the Father, right? He prays to the Father when he's in the garden uh, and he's about to be crucified. Actually, I think it's right before what I mentioned earlier uh, when Peter cut the guy's ear off. Before that, they're praying, and, and he is sweating blood, and he's, he's upset because he knows that very, very soon they're going to come to take him away to crucify him, and he prays to God. He says, can you take this cup from me, this cup of wrath that I'm going to drink and, and take on me? And then he says, but not my will, but yours be done. He doesn't say, can you take this from me? I'm so mad right now. Come on. I just went out of this. Ugh. this is, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. 
He doesn't create a, a rift. In, no, no, no. There's unity there in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Unity. And that's what we're being called to here in Ephesians 4. We're being called to unity, right? And if you look at, again, how things are going around us, chaos, right? It seems like chaos to me sometimes. It seems like, and that, to me, that's the opposite of unity, right, is chaos. Everything around me just seems to be going crazy. I, I, it's gotten to the point where I, I really, I, I almost can't do the news. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just to a point where I just, man, it's, it, it's, like, it's like somebody uh, is trying to, somebody is actively trying to upset me when I watch the news. And it doesn't matter what channel it is. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what network. It's like somebody is actively trying to push my buttons for me to freak out and think that the sky is falling. But that's not what we see here in Scripture. That's not how we are to be. That is not the life that God has called us to live. That Jesus has shown us. The Gospels would be way different if Jesus was running around going, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. I don't know. This is crazy. Oh, ah. I, I couldn't take it. That'd be stressful. <laughs> no, thank you. But what do we see Jesus? He's, he's surprised a few times. Uh, mm, what surprises him? Oh, yeah, generosity surprises Jesus. Yeah, if you look, when, when uh, someone's generous, he's like, wow, I'm really surprised this person was actually really generous. Like, that's really the only time that he's surprised. He's modeling this humble, patient, kind way to live for us, being anchored in God and in what we know to be true, right? What we read and we, we understand to be true, our faith, who we're called to be. So just think about the fact that since the beginning of time all the way up to now, God has been in unity Right? The Father, Son, the Holy Spirit has been in unity. And that is a, the best example that we can have of unity. Literally the most powerful, right, working together. And uh, it's so important for us to understand that. Because everything around us is, is chaos. Everything around us is chaos right now. And that's not how we're meant to be. So now we're going to jump ahead a little bit, trying to think if there's anything else that I wanted to say about that, uh, and I don't think there is. I think we could jump ahead a little bit and, and finish up here in a couple minutes. We're going to jump down to verse 31, verse 31, and a lot more pages on this Kindle than there are in an actual Bible. Uh, 
It's because you can adjust the font, you know? It gets big and whatever. I'm an old guy, so I have to, excuse me. Uh, verse 31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Those are pretty powerful words, pretty strong. And again, I think it paints a pretty clear picture. I don't think there's a lot left to the imagination when we read this scripture and we think about the interactions that we have on a daily basis, right? And so this is, this is where we're going we're gonna to shift a little bit. And I've been talking about unity in this world of chaos, getting along, being kind, being patient. And I think that a lot of times when we look at this in church, and I don't mean just this church, I mean in general, we think of this as people that we see like our neighbor, right? Be kind to your neighbor, be gentle, patient, compassionate to your neighbor. And that's good. We should do that. We absolutely should. But I think, I think that maybe it might be harder to be kind and, and compassionate and gentle and patient with the people that we see every day, the people that we live with, that we spend the most time with. I think that's really important. I think it's way, you know what, I was going to say way more important, but I'm not going to go there. It's all important. But I think it's really important to be kind and gentle, compassionate to your family. What do they say? Familiarity breeds contempt. We've all heard that phrase before, right? My wife let me know that that is a Taylor Swift lyric. Uh, and, and she wanted me to, to mention that, and so I, I have to mention that that's a Taylor Swift lyric in one of her songs. Uh, you're welcome, honey. Uh, familiarity breeds contempt. Man, I, you don't know how many times I had to practice that, saying that phrase without messing it up. That's a hard one. Familiarity breeds contempt. You can try it if you want to. Familiarity. Familiarity. It's one of those words you say it over and over again, and you're like, wait, am I saying it right or wrong? You know? Like, you kind of second-guess yourself a little bit. Anyways, it's true. We're around the same people all the time, and pretty soon, you know, we start to take it for granted. You start to think, ah, that's my, my husband or my wife. It's my partner. They've been here forever. They're always going to be here. They love me unconditionally, and I love them. And we, we start to slip, I feel like, a little bit in those relationships. And I think that it's very important because in this scripture, Paul is talking to the church. He's talking to us. He's not talking to unbelievers. 
He's not talking to people that don't believe in the gospel yet. He's talking about how we're supposed to interact with each other. Right? And of course that's going to bleed out into everything else. But basic, right? It's basic to treat each other with kindness. So important. And he's talking about, and, and you got to understand, the early days of the church, these people pretty much lived together. Okay? These are, these are families and friends that live together. So the people that are seeing each other every day. Every day. Man, I don't know about you. I've, I've been on some men's retreats. I've been on some men's retreats sometimes, you know? And I'm like, Bob, get away from me, Bob. I don't want to hang out. No, I do not want to play golf, Bob, okay? Not today. I've been around you for three days, Bob, and I, I've had it. I can't take it anymore, right? You, you hang out. I mean, this is this not only men's retreats, but also, like, I remember hanging out with my friends in high school, and we would, we would hang out for, like, a weekend, right? And by the time Sunday would be rolling around, I'd be like, oh, man, I'm ready to just get out of here. Okay. Whew, he is really getting on my nerves. Wow. It's just something that happens. It just happens. You don't need to feel bad about it. You just have to understand that it happens, and you have to be able to catch yourself in it and go, I don't want to do that. I want to follow the example that Christ gives me. I want to be patient. I want to be kind. Right? Very, very important. I... Uh, I want to finish. I, I, I'll tell you the truth. Like this, this kind of, guys, I, I don't preach very often. And uh, this sort of, the timer really went fast for me. So <laughs> I, it's hard what they do up here. I'm telling you right now. It's not easy. I, uh, I have a, a brand new respect for Sean that I never had before. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, just kidding. Just kidding. Get rid of all, again, verse 31, get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. Man, I see a lot of rage. I see a lot of anger. I see a lot of bitterness. And I see a lot of people identifying that as Christian. And I just don't think that's the way it's supposed to be. I don't want to get into anything political or anything like that. Just look at the words. Just look at the scripture. It, it seems pretty obvious to me. You know, I, uh, I, was, I was at a church and uh, was on staff. And I'll finish up with this story. And uh, there was uh, the, the children's pastor, a, a gal that was a super nice gal, and, and she uh, came on staff, and, and she was uh, half black and half Cuban. And I remember when, uh, when, I believe it was, yeah, it was the summer of 2020 when things were going crazy. George Floyd happened. 
And I remember sitting down with her and just being like, how do you feel? Like, what, what's your experience with this, you know? And she said, yeah, I, just, I just wish people would be kind to each other. That's all she said to me. I just wish people would be kind to each other. Me too. I think that's what Jesus wants, for us to be kind to one another.